It's episode nine of the Always Loyal Podcast. Jordan Carruth, what's coming up? 2022 USL League MVP Alejandro Guido joins the, what, too soon to say that? He's been so good. He's been phenomenal, hasn't he? Alejandro Guido, one of our favorites, joins the Always Loyal Podcast. As San Diego attacking into the smoke. Guido striding forward. Guido scores! This game has it all! Alejandro Guido restores the advantage for San Diego Loyal. Grab a seat. Don't go anywhere. All right, welcome in with Jordan. I am Darren Smith. This is the Always Loyal Podcast. 2022 USL Championship MVP. He wears short shorts. Alejandro Guido going to join us coming up here. Since last we spoke, San Diego Loyal, a pair of matches away. FC Tulsa and, of course, Phoenix Rising. A loss, a win, all in all, three more points added. Four matches in, three wins one loss, zero draws. Jordan, good evening. Hello, Darren. A perfect guest for us tonight, Alejandro Guido, joining the podcast after just launching a rocket into the net in Phoenix to make it 3-2, to deliver three points to San Diego over the weekend. That was much more than just a goal, wasn't it? The reaction, the intensity in the shot, the support afterwards, and just everything that went into that match. It just felt like it meant a little bit more. And uh, I couldn't be happier to chat with uh, Alejandro Guido here on the podcast today. It felt personal. It felt like that was so much more than just a banger of a goal from Alejandro Guido. And I would say you and I might agree, given that we've got a little bit of history with Alejandro. And we go way back from the time that Alejandro was likely a teenager and we were watching him play for Club Tijuana, watching him play for Cholos that he is one of the friendliest human beings that you'll ever meet. Anybody who's ever met Alejandro Guido knows he's very, he's such a gentleman. He's such a, a nice, you would want, he's married, but you would want your sister to date him. He's just that kind of person. But man, uh, 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 you know, a red hot Alejandro Guido, somebody who's playing out there with a little bit of a chip, which I think is what we saw Saturday night out there in Chandler, that is my favorite Alejandro Guido when it comes time to put on the kit, to put on the away kit and go do what Alejandro Guido did, especially at a time where you felt like, uh-oh, this match and this brief two-match road trip is slipping through Loyal's fingers here, having lost midweek Wednesday in Tulsa in a cold environment, then off to Chandler to face arch-rival Phoenix Rising, building a two-goals-to-none lead. Feeling like it was slipping through the fingers. I suppose a comeback of sorts was always in the cards for Phoenix, given that they didn't have to play midweek. But then Alejandro Guido, just at the moment where you thought, hmm, and I'm sure rising supporters probably felt like, yep, come back on. We're going to send San Diego back on that eight freeway with their tails between their legs. Guido was there just to ruin everybody's night in Chandler, and I freaking loved it. Yeah, it was uh, it was a big moment. It seemed like based on the reaction, you bring up a good point. Loyal had to play two matches that week, both on the road. That was the second of a back to back for two road matches and not exactly like trips to Southern California either. Like we've there's plenty of closer trips, uh, especially with that midweek match that we had. So good result. Very good result. And Darren, I want to celebrate a hot start. Like, that's what I want to do. I want to celebrate a hot start because talk about a win in Phoenix, two wins at home, delivered six out of six in Torrey Green. 
I want to celebrate a hot start. But Nate Miller told us a couple episodes ago that four matches, not enough to be considered a start to the season. And that kind of puts me in a weird spot because like I wanted to come on the podcast today, if not for what Nate Miller told us a couple weeks ago on this very pod, I was ready to come on and say that win in Phoenix is a really big deal. Like this squad, it's built different. This team could be good enough to win the West. I want to say that Alejandro Guido is playing well enough to win the MVP this year. I want to say that Loyal looked like a title contender a couple matches into the season. I want to bring up the fact that the league is considering Loyal a top five squad, not just in the West, but by their own power rankings. I also kind of want to bring up the fact that Phoenix is ranked in the bottom half and they have a pretty difficult mm. schedule coming up. So I'm curious what happens there. I want to bring all of this stuff up here on episode nine of the Always Loyal podcast. But Nate Miller told me a couple of weeks ago that four weeks, it's not enough. And it's not the start that matters. It's the finish. So I'll hold off on all of that. But man, do I want to say it. Well, I will say, great point. Not a bus ride to Orange County, not a bus ride to LA, but a flight to Tulsa. Who knows how difficult it is to get in and out of that place. Coming back home and then making your way out there to Chandler. We've been there as well. So Plus do LD that, went down to Mexico City during the week. Great point. Was and spotted still there. found a way. Still found a way to come home with three, especially in the second half where you just felt like, oh gosh, I was ready to build up the narrative in my mind that I didn't think Chandler was very good this season. And then they gave me reason to go, uh-oh, just when you thought it was, it was time to start wondering about Chandler, here they come, a couple of goals. We've seen this one before, have we not? A two-goal lead in the desert, we've both experienced that one, and they'll just play until they have enough time to score. But that was not the case. And that was due to Alejandro Guida, who I'm excited to chat with. In all seriousness, it feels like a tone setter, the start to the season I'm talking about. It, it feels like a tone setter. Things could change clearly. The finish to the year is going to be more important to how the first four matches have gone. But it feels like a great start. And it's a good time to pad your lead over Phoenix. And I think all that stuff matters. And that's going to matter over the long stretch. And one of the reasons San Diego is playing so well is because Alejandro Guido has not only been available, but he's also been performing at a very high level. And maybe it comes across as us joking about the MVP thing because it is only four matches. So we don't want to go down that conversation, that road too much, but he has looked like one of the best players in the league. So it's a, it's a perfect guest for us to chat with. A couple weeks into the season, Darren, episode nine with Alejandro Guido. This was a pretty fun conversation, was it not? Alejandro Guido, who has been known around South Bay, who has been known on both sides of the border, who's had a career here playing in our region. Now, putting it all together with San Diego Loyal, Alejandro Guido joins us next. They had a vicious way about them to start this game. Two goals to their name. It was almost on cruise control for a certain period of time. Alejandro Guido joining the always loyal podcast. I have to know how good did it feel to blast that one in the back of the net Saturday night in Phoenix? Oh man, it was unreal. <laughs> I just had so much, so much emotion, just frustration built up because they tied us frustration. Cause they gave me a freaking yellow card. And I just, I just, 
I think I channeled all our all of our frustrations from our players and our fans into that that shot. Um, yeah, it, it felt like you were unleashing in that moment. How intense are those moments? Can you like what what is the intensity level? It's early in the season. This is a regular season game, but it, it felt like it was something more. At least it it played that way on TV. How intense are those matches between San Diego and Phoenix? Oh, they're they're a rivalry. That's how intense they are, you know? I compare them to when we played, I played in Tijuana versus Leon. Like it was the same thing or Galaxy versus LAFC. I feel like it's the same thing, those rivalries. And uh, especially with with Phoenix's history of, of being a team, uh, top team in the USL and, uh, and just having that record at home uh yeah you feel you feel the tension you feel you feel all of these emotions during the game and uh we knew it before the game and we talked about it and uh that's how we celebrated afterwards as well i'd love for you alejandro to walk us through your goal because you know you hit that as well and and this is a new podcast but it is an older relationship that Jordan and I have with you. I don't know that we've ever seen you hit one better, maybe, but if you could just walk us through that goal itself, because you talk about as pure a shot on goal as we've ever seen, then that was it. Could you just walk us through that play quite literally from your perspective? Right. So I remember it starts with a goal kick and it's a beautiful ball by Koke right into uh, Blakey's feet. Blakey uh, controls it perfectly, and uh, Mooney makes an inside run where he finds him. Mooney then tries to take a touch, and I think Darnell King kind of, like, blocks it, and it falls into my path. And uh, by then, I was already trying to get up more, like, more up the field, like a box-to-box player. And it fell into me, so I was like, heck, let me go. And when when I get into those positions, I always find I have my forward, my winger, and my other winger on the other side. So I always look first for the forward, and I try to play that ball into, into Thomas, who was, who was being, like, threatening them the whole game with his pace. Uh, but... Uh, uh, Pharrell, I can't remember who it was, uh, blocks it, but it comes back to me. And when it c- comes back to me, I immediately knew that we were in a numerical advantage. So I just like, whenever, whenever you have a numerical advantage, what you do is you drive, you just drive, drive until someone steps and then you can slip the ball into someone. But Thomas did amazing. He held up the uh, Musa's run, which opened up the space. And I just kept driving, driving, driving until I was at a spot where I knew that I could finish. And I just destroyed that ball. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a conscious thought, you know, as a couple of guys who will never play professionally. And I wonder this about all sports. Do you have a conscious thought in your mind of, I'm going to shoot this or does it just come naturally to you in that circumstance? No, it it was a conscious thought. I, I, when, when I saw the space, I was like, I'm not passing this. I'm shooting this. 
No. It feels like this squad's built a little bit different this year. You have experience with this. This is not your first season with Loyal. You know what the squads have been like year in and year out so far. Uh, is it fair to say that this squad is just built a little bit different? I, I think so. I think very, we're we're very well rounded in every uh, position. I think we we got better depth and we got something that was missing, which was our attacking threat. And now uh, we have that punch, which scares teams, which can go along with our possession-based soccer and, and make us a very threatening team. And uh, yeah. How nice is it to have Kyle Vassell out there? This is a player that you have practiced with going back to last season. What's the biggest difference now actually having him available to you in these matches? And we get to see him score his first goal for Loyal Saturday night. Right. The biggest thing is his physical presence. I mean, he's able to win 1v1 battles. And as a forward, knowing that as a midfielder and and uh, just knowing that whenever you're in trouble, you can just flick it or lump it to him and he'll take care of the ball is huge. It's huge for the team. It's huge for us to be able to step out and relieve pressure when they're pressing us and also know that he can turn that into a chance and that uh just helps the team a lot it it makes other teams skeptical and pressing us and allows us to control the game even more and also off the field he's a big presence in the locker room and and is very lively and uh and has helped build a a really nice locker room it's interesting just to hear you say as a midfielder, right, Alejandro, because we've seen you a little bit everywhere. We've seen you from uh, the uh, back to a midfielder. At times, you've been listed as a forward mindset of a midfielder. That's that's sort of how you see yourself? Yeah, I've always seen, like, my whole career as a professional has been as a as a midfielder. Um in my When I played with the U-17s in the World Cup, I did play as a number 10. But... Uh, this was the first time I professionally that I've been playing as a number 10. And just right now uh, with Charlie's injury, they slotted me back in. And last time it was Colin's injury, which they slotted me back in into the, in the center mid position. But yeah, I'm, I'm, it's, it's always been my, my position and uh, it's easy to, to just go back because I've played it so much and I have so much experience in, in that position. Mm -hmm. Right. But obviously the ability to do so much more total football, as they say, Alejandro, I want to, I want to ask you, cause yeah, you know, I, I keep uh, a lot of notes, you know, probably too many notes <laughs> at times, but what I've noticed here, four matches uh, into the 2022 season, you have not been subbed off. You have started all four and you have not been subbed off. Uh, if I'm mistaken, please stop me. Um, you and I and, and Jordan, we go, like I said, we go way back. We go back a bunch of years. We know your history. Uh, we know, you know where you've been and, and some of the limits, you know, that, that physically the, the sport has taken on you. Yep. Where's it coming from? 90 minutes, four straight matches. I, I don't know when the last time was that that happened, but uh, tell us a little bit just about, you know, that aspect of your game here in 2022. Right. It's, it's been a hot topic recently because it's just never happened in my life. You know, in my whole career, I've never been able to do that. If it's been injuries or honestly, like there was a point where I thought genetically, I just didn't have it in me, you know, that I couldn't 
last more than 75 minutes and to say the least not play three games in a week um yeah that that never went through my mind i i i just thought this isn't for me you know that's as much as i can play and but luckily um and this was i was i was talking i can't remember who with who recently but i've been really lucky that uh not with the coaching staff but also that i i've been preparing myself as a coach and understanding how how to prepare a team to be fit and how how like periodization works and all of these terms in order to to get uh, a player fit and that's actually made me understand my body a lot better and along with with the the great work that uh landon and nate do and and nate's been instrumental in this because he's he's taught me how like throughout his he studied this he's worked so hard on this and uh and and he showed me some of these 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 um uh, some of these, uh, what do they call it? These just, mm, what, mm, just these secrets <laughs> that have changed my game, changed the way I, I, I approach a training session. Uh, like we wear our vests, which track our GPS data, and just recreating a, a a game scenario and then building it off progressively and it's just so hand-picked towards the player specific player instead of the overall general team which like in theory doesn't make sense because you every player's body is different and for me my body just adapts differently and they got me to a point where I was able to adapt to the training load, which they have, and then eventually to the games. But yeah, it just took a lot. It took a lot of me under, it took me 28 years to understand this. It took me nine, 10 years in my professional career to be able to understand this. And, and it's crazy. Cause like, I, like I was like, some people have mentors. Some people have like have uh, professional uh dads you know that played the game that are able to teach them and i had to understand on my own you know or some are just genetically gifted and i had to learn it on my own uh i mean amazing answer and so i must ask them mm -hmm. how do you feel you know four consecutive matches playing 90 i feel amazing it's, it's i just feel so strong i feel like i can play two games <laughs> like if it went to uh, extra time like i have legs to do it and it kind of shows like i'm able to do explosive movements in the 80th 90th minute uh in this case the 75th minute and uh well before that's when i would be getting subbed off clearly it's something you've talked about with the coaching staff with the amount of research and everything that goes into getting you to this point but has it been a surprise to you still that you have played the full 90 minutes in the opening four matches? Was this part of the plan? Is this part of the conversation that you had with Landon? Like, did you know going into the year that you were going to be expected to play the full 90 for the first several matches going forward? 
yes, that was talked about in my exit meeting and and before this that that I needed to be on the field uh, the whole game that uh, just because of my compete and and my concentration and what I bring to the team that they 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 thought that I could help especially in those last moments that we had last season where we lost a lot of points in the end of games. And they thought a factor could be of me being in the, in the field and, and helping out. So that was something we talked about and that was a goal we both set and uh, so far so good. Guido, you've been, uh, you've been one of the best players in the league through the first couple of matches. It's early, it's a long season, but you can't deny the fact that you've been one of the best players, not just for San Diego, but in the entire league. Uh, I saw a few people even linking you to the MVP award uh, <laughs> over the weekend. Again, it's early, but is that, is that a goal of yours? Is that something you want to want to accomplish? Well, I wouldn't mind that, but I, what I want is to win it all. I think that, that, that'd be, that's what we need. That would be amazing for San Diego. And that's, that's my, my goal. That's my main goal. Whatever comes, comes, but uh, I'm working for my team to win the championship. And that's the only goal I have in mind. I noticed you have 17 crosses through four matches, which actually puts you in the top 10 in the league. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Charlie Adams is just trying to like run away with it and like set <laughs> records. But uh, can you tell us, Darren and I don't know the, the secrets. You already mentioned a few secrets. What's the secret to a great cross? Alejandro Guido, a top 10 crosser in USL. What's the key to a great one? <laughs> the key to great crosses, a great, great runs. So the more people you have in the box and the better uh, the run is, the easier to find the targets or targets. Yeah, that's, that's the key. And obviously making good contact, but it's just, that's, that's the biggest, that's the biggest takeaway for me. I have two on the uh, the lighter side, Alejandro. Um, one would be uh, this question is uh, courtesy of of my wife, my better half. Tell us a little bit about the short shorts. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, at first, it was done because I used to wear icy hot, and uh, and then like when I've used the shorts, sometimes like when I had just normal shorts, it like during the gameplay. One game, I got uh, some of the icy hot up in the private areas, <laughs> and um, and I said no, no, no more. Like I, I was on fire the whole game, like literally on fire. So, <laughs> so I decided to uh, the next game roll it up, and then people started commenting on it, and and then I looked at pictures and was like, I kind of like the look, like. And then I started looking at, at pictures of like Maradona and like all these old school players and how they, they would use like short shorts. And I digged it. So I just started doing it afterwards. But, but these are, are full length shorts that you are tucking into your sliders. Right. I, I asked okay. for, for smaller shorts, but they haven't provided me. So I, I keep doing that. Can I, throw okay. a, can I throw a theory out there? Yeah, yeah. You, you referenced the, the secrets and all this information and data that you guys have. Forget all that. I say the secret is the shorts. <laughs> I agree. It's, it's the magic of the short shorts, you know? 
And then my my second would be tell us a little bit post match. We we got a glimpse inside of the the locker room. There was uh, music and dancing and singing. I, I don't know that this is or isn't tradition. You guys are four matches into the 2022 season as we're talking, but what was it that we we were allowed to to peek in on there on Saturday? Yeah, yeah, it's something I was commenting about with you, with like what Kyle brings not just on the field but also out the field, and it was uh, just. He he really likes that song. He actually sung it when when we did the like every year the new players have to make it uh, have to sing a song and he chose that and uh, we've gone out and uh, he also just randomly like gets everyone and we start to sing it. So after the game, like it just came up and uh, Austin uh, and Kyle started it. And they're those two are the life of the party along with Charlie. And um, yeah, it just stuck. And it seems like it's now our team song. For uh, for those who haven't seen the video, can you tell us what song it is? Can you sing it? I can't sing it. Is it Under the Bridge? There you go. Red Hot yeah. Chili Peppers. Red Hot, Red Hot Chili Peppers, yeah. So that's Kyle Vassell's karaoke song. Is that what you're telling us? For sure. That's it. It's his pub song. Mm. I've, wondered, I've wondered this, and this is a total random question. How many goals do you think Landon Donovan could score in USL if he played on a, let's say, like a random team that was like built around him? 2022 Landon Donovan. How many goals could he score? I know I'm putting you in a really tricky spot. One per game for sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. 34 goals over a regular season? Yeah, for sure. That's a safe answer. Yeah, definitely. Like at least a goal per game. He's yeah, just, you're you're he's enjoying just the 90 minutes, aren't you? That's a good answer. <laughs> he's just built different, man. <laughs> Alejandro Guido, congrats on the great start um, for you individually. I know it's a team effort for you guys, but for you individually, it's really stood out. So we're really happy for you. We, we love seeing you out there and we love, we love seeing how much fun you're having right now, which I think is the best part. Thank you. Yes. Yes. I'm having fun. Uh, it's been um, I can't remember the last time I was having that much fun playing soccer. Uh, it's been battled with injuries, and you know now I feel like a, a a soccer player, a proper soccer player. Conway on his left foot scores. Evan Conway for San Diego Loyal. Show off the moves, youngster. It's his first USL Championship goal. San Diego Loyal goal scored by number fourteen. Uh, let's take a look at the Western Conference standings presented by the Bright app. It's the world's leading platform for personal training available on the App Store and Google Play. Nine points for San Antonio, San Diego, and Colorado Springs. It's a three-way tie at top of the table. That's how it stands so far. New Mexico, Sacramento, Las Vegas, Orange County above the playoff line. And then below, Phoenix, Galaxy, RGV, Monterey Bay, Oakland, and El Paso. That's how it stands a couple weeks in. Darren, another match this weekend. And I will say I have a special place in my heart for these 2 p.m. matches because I can't always bring my two-year-old son to a 7 p.m. match. Sometimes I do, and I break some rules by doing so and push back bedtime. But these 2 p.m. matches, perfect for little Luca. So I will see you this weekend at Torero Stadium, a 2 p.m. match as San Diego looks to stay perfect in Torrey Green. 
I love that. Uh, a little bit of sunshine, a little afternoon vitamin D affair at Torero Stadium. Uh, I love that we get a chance to see future loyal select player Luca <laughs> Peruth out there at Torero Stadium. You mentioned the standings. You looked at the top of the table in the Western Conference. Well, you have to go all the way down to the bottom to find El Paso Locomotive. They are uh, without a point, Jordan. They have played three times. They lost to Sacramento. They've lost to New Mexico most recently. They've lost to Las Vegas Lights in a real crazy match, uh, four or five game. So they will come in here seeking their first points of the 2022 season at two o'clock in the afternoon, Sunday at Torero Stadium. I wonder how many minutes Alejandro Guido will play this weekend. And not only do we have to worry about what's happening this weekend, that open cup match is quickly approaching and the schedule in April it doesn't get easier. Let's say that that intensity level that we had against Phoenix will probably be matched a couple times again in the month of April, or at least come close. Maybe it won't match because like Guido said, that's become a rivalry. Right. And you know, that's why you build up a little bit of depth. One is because, you know, now you're starting to see a little bit, right? Jack Metcalf comes off. We'll see if he's available coming up this Sunday. We've seen Grant Stoneman taken out eight minutes in a couple of matches ago, he returned against Phoenix. That was really good. So, you know, this is where the depth gets a little bit tested, not only because of a crowded schedule for a crowded fixture list, but also just because, you know, you're eventually going to start losing a couple. Oh, by the way, just before we wrap up, I, I really, I appreciated Alejandro sharing with us, you know, his own view on, what has gone on in his career. And, and I think he's speaking literally when he says he's never played four straight matches, certainly not four straight professional matches, 90 minutes per. I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but for a guy like Alejandro Guido, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, it's a huge deal. It is absolutely a huge deal. I remember talking about it last season, um, like in the month of August, how he had already played more matches at that point that year than any other year in his career. And uh, they still had several more matches to go. So we've seen him, whatever the changes, whatever those secrets are, and I still think it's the shorts, um, <laughs> whatever those secrets are, clearly paying dividends. Um, this weekend, April 3rd, SD Loyal taking on El Paso, 2 p.m. kickoff, trying to stay undefeated at home, which also means undefeated at Torrey Green. Uh, this one's going to be on ESPN Deportes this weekend, Darren. And uh, we want to give our thanks to Alejandro Guido for being absolutely fantastic on episode nine of the Always Loyal podcast. We're a little bit biased, but I would imagine anybody who had a chance to listen there and listen to Alejandro describe him, some of the obstacles in his career. Certainly, we appreciate how he plays. He just does everything. He's so important to the club. So it's so great. The more minutes he plays, the more successful the club's going to be. Those things fit together like hand and glove or foot and boot or shorts and sliding shorts. So bring it on. Bring us more of that. If loving Alejandro Guido is wrong, I don't want to be right, Darren. <laughs> I'll see you Sunday at Torero Stadium. See you there.